This is Rhema for Today. And in Hades, or hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment. Notice that he had all the faculties of the soul. Man is not a physical being. He is primarily a spirit. His tongue was burning in that intense heat, for I am in anguish in this flame. Whether we want to insist that this is purely figurative language or not is besides the question. The fact is that Jesus declared that this man was in torment in the flame. You're listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Tomorrow is the last day. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan with today's message. We're speaking this week on the subject of hell. We have referred to our own personal testimony. I went to hell on the 22nd day of April, 1933, Saturday night at 7.30 o'clock at 405 North College Street in the city of McKinney, Texas. I died and went to hell. Now, I want to talk to you today. Uh, tomorrow, I'll finish concerning my own personal testimony. But I want to talk to you today about the nature of hell. You know, a very vivid picture of hell is given in the 14th chapter of Isaiah where it describes the death of Nebuchadnezzar, the great emperor of Babylon, and his descent into hell. It said, Hell, now the Hebrew word here is Sheol, Hell or Sheol from beneath is moved to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. Isaiah 14.9. Now in this whole 14 chapters, we said we have a very vivid picture of hell. It would seem that Satan was preparing a great reception for the world emperor, Nebuchadnezzar, that he had raised up the thrones of all the kings, and they sat upon them with their officers and slaves, gathered about them in oriental splendor. Then down from the upper world is brought the great Nebuchadnezzar, the great world ruler. He is suddenly ushered into the presence of these kings and princes, sitting upon their mock thrones. They all answer with one cry, What? Hast thou fallen as low as we? Is the majesty of thy greatness and the music of thy singers brought down to hell? Art thou weak as we? This wail of lost men, of kings and princes, of generals and great financiers, sitting on their mock thrones in pitiable agony and helplessness meets the ear. The worm is spread under thee, they cry, and worms cover thee crawling fiery serpents, calling and uncalling about the spirit of the great Nebuchadnezzar. He has made kingdoms desolate. He has slain the mother with her babe. He has crushed nation after nation. He has put out eyes of kings and princes. And now in a horrid hell, he rises in agony, and his agony is witnessed by the assembled multitudes, many of whom he sent there. In Isaiah 66, 24, it speaks of hell as a place where the fire is not quenched and the worm shall not die, an abhorrence to all flesh. Daniel tells us that the resurrection of the wicked shall be a resurrection of shame and contempt. According to Matthew, the 25th chapter, the 41st and 46th verse, uh, hell is the home of the cursed, the eternal fire, which was prepared for the devil and the rebellious angels. Now it has become the jail and the home of the wicked human. It is called the place of eternal punishment or constraint, a place out of which no pardon has yet gone or ever can go. No pardon can reach them, horrible as it may seem. 
In 2 Peter, the second chapter, the fourth verse, hell is called the pit or prisons of punishment. And in Revelation, the ninth chapter, the first and second verse, it is a place of fire, of sulfuric fumes, the home of demons. But here in Luke, the 16th chapter, the 19th through the 31st verse, Jesus gives us a picture of hell that only he could give. As we said, this is not a parable. It is not placed among the parables. He says a, rich, a certain rich man, he is quoting history, and he gives a description of hell and of torment, of conscience, intelligible torment that surpasses Dante in his inferno or Milton in his paradise loss. It would be well here to note this fact that during the period from the fall of man until Christ ascended and took his place at the right hand of the Father on high, after his resurrection, the underworld was in two compartments with an impassable guff separating them. On one side were the Old Testament saints who had trusted in the blood covenant, the Abrahamic blood covenant, so it is called by Jesus, Abraham's bosom. Across this impassable guff, the incorrigibly wicked were in jail, so to speak, awaiting the resurrection and judgment. It would seem evident that when Jesus arose from the dead and had carried his blood into the heavenly holies of holies and had satisfied the claims of justice in the redemption of the transgressors under the first covenant, that he again went back down into what is known as paradise and preached to the souls waiting there and carried to them the good news of redemption. And they with him ascended up to heaven. For as far as we know, no human beings had, had gone to heaven unless it was Elijah. No one could go there because the sin problem was not yet settled. They only had a promise of redemption written in the blood of bulls and goats. Jesus came to die for the sinner under the first covenant so that they who were called should receive their portion of the inheritance. So we can understand this picture then in the 16th chapter of Luke. Now there was a certain rich man and he was clothed in purple and fine linen fanned sumptuously every day. And a certain beggar named Lazarus was laid at his gate full of sores and desired to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Yea, even the dog came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and that he was carried away by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, or hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and sent Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented, or in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great guff fixed. They that would pass from hence to you may not be able, and that none may cross over from thence to us. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one go to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if one rise from the dead. Now we understand this story to be a purely Jewish story. There is no paradise today, but there is a hell. Paradise was emptied, and all of its inhabitants taken to heaven. This rich man went to hell because he had broken the fundamental principles of the Mosaic law. He did not love his neighbor as himself. The whole law was summed up in this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy neighbor as thyself. This he had broken and was paying the penalty for it. Now I want you to notice some significant facts in regard to man as he goes into hell. And in Hades, 
or hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment. Notice that he had all the faculties of the soul. Man is not a physical being. He is primarily a spirit. His tongue was burning in that intense heat, for I am in anguish in this flame. Whether we want to insist that this is purely figurative language or not is besides the question. The fact is that Jesus declared that this man was in torment in the flames. If the flame was simply a burning conscience, then give me literal fire. Son, remember, the man remembered. Memory lives in hell. Two things will haunt men in hell and fill him with sleepless agony. First, the sins that he has committed against God and man. And second, that he had an opportunity to escape it. But he preferred hell to heaven. Hell is a place of anguish with the great guff fixed so that there is no passing over from one to the other. There is no second probation promised here. The man who is guilty enough to be sent to hell is guilty enough to stay in hell. Then we come to the most pathetic thing. He said, will you not send Lazarus to the earth? I have five brothers there, lest they also come into this place of torment. Oh, the unspeakable pathos of this hopeless request. What a preacher a soul would make fresh from the agonies of hell. But men would not listen to his message. Some of the most intelligent men that we have in this country believe that if they can keep the subject of heaven and hell and the sufferings of Christ from their minds or stay away from places where they hear it preached, that they will escape the responsibility of knowledge. And that in itself will prove their salvation from hell. Oh, how false and dangerous this is. But the answer came, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Now, as I said, some people, as I've said to you on another program, some people say that hell is the grave. Now, we pointed out that it cannot be according to the original scriptures. And yet, right here in the King James translation, it would prove that to you. Because you see, this man in hell said, he wanted Father Abraham to send Lazarus back to the earth. He said, so that my five brothers, I've got five brothers there, so that they will repent, that they'll not come to this place of torment. Well, you see, if they'd repented, they'd gone to the grave, and they would be there in the grave today if that's where he was. But see, he wasn't in the grave. His body was in the grave, but he was in hell. And so they would have missed hell. And so, if you want to miss hell, you'll have to repent. And so uh, he said, Father Abraham said, no, no, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Nay, Father Abraham, but if one go to them, from here, up there, him will they listen to. In other words, you go from the dead, they'll listen. But did they? Jesus went from hell's dark dungeons and fiery awful sufferings up to earth and gave his testimony. But have men heeded it? Nay, verily, men ridicule it today. Not only that, but I've been giving you my own personal testimony. I have to give it. I have to warn people because Jesus said to me on one occasion, warn people, warn men about this place. And so you see, my friends, there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. God has made provision for you to shun hell and gain heaven, if you will. It's left up to you. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To believe in Jesus means to trust Him, to love Him, to serve and obey Him. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Rely on Him alone for your salvation. Everyone who does not believe in Him is going to hell and will spend eternity in the lake of fire and brimstone. It's up to you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you call on him today. Well, I see my time slipped away from me. I'll conclude this tomorrow and, and, and give some more of my own personal testimony. I went to hell. You're listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. 
You can find more resources that will change your life. So visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's very special offer. First in this offer is the book by Kenneth Hagen entitled Built to Last. Also the book from Reverend Lynette Hagen, Along the Way, and the CD, The Love Walk, by Kenneth E. Hagen. All this for the special price of $19.95. Don't delay. Call today, toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Well, actually, Sunday is International Rama yeah, Day. Yeah, on uh, Sunday. Yeah, what is International Rama Day? Well, International Rhema Day is a day when businesses, churches, people uh, pledge to pray for Rhema, yes. the Bible school, mm-hmm. and then they support Rhema by sending an offering on International Rhema Day. They come in from all over the world. I mean, That's this right. is this they come in from everywhere. And then the, the third thing, you share... Rama Bible College with somebody that yes. you feel like would be interested in coming no. to Rama Bible College. So that's, that's right. what it is. Pray for Rama, support with a one-time offering, and listen, if you missed it, you can still visit us at rama.org yes. slash IRD. That's and, right. And you can do this anytime. Anytime that's, during that's the year. A, anytime during the year. That's up, Okay. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll wrap up Pastor Hagen's life-changing teaching on I Went to Hell. That's next time on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.